Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. This part of Aftermath that we're going to talk about today, I've entitled it A New Foundation. And a new foundation is something that uh, the early church got, and we're going to look at that because the foundation is so important. In Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 10, uh, the Hebrews writer says this, he says, For he, Abraham, the he is Abraham is called the father of our faith. So he, Abraham, was looking forward to the city, and I love this, with foundations, whose architect and builder was God. In other words, he wanted to, to find a city that had such strong foundations that it could be built upon generation after generation. It wasn't going to be knocked down by the winds of, uh, of cataclysmic time or persecution or, or whatever. Uh, one of my favorite documentaries, and I, I like documentaries better than fiction, so Gail and I always have a, a little bit of a, you know, a tug of war <laughs> with, uh, what, what are we going to watch tonight? And my favorite every time is to pick a documentary. I don't know if any of you like documentaries or not. Uh, but one of my favorite documentaries, uh, it's not on anymore, but it was something called uh, Lost Cities uh, of the Underground. And they would go and they would visit cities like Rome or Paris or, or London. And the guy would go underneath the city and then he would investigate and show what the city looked like in ancient times. It's really a fascinating thing. But one of the things that they would always find when they go underground is they'd always be looking at the foundations of that city. No matter what the fires would have hit that city or floods or uh, catastrophe or even war, no matter what, there was something under the ground there that, that survived called a foundation. And they're still there thousands of years later. Gail and I toured uh, the ancient city of Jerusalem a few years back, and on one of the tours, they took us to a tunnel underneath the western wall, and it was incredible. The tour took us to, to the lower level of the western wall, and one of the most exciting things on the tour was the closest place that you could get to where the temple was, where they had the uh, Holy of Holies, and, and you know the Spirit of God dwelt in there. And on that tour, there was a, a stone face that was exposed, and the dimensions of this thing was massive. It was 13.55 meters. That's 44 and a half feet long. It was 3.3 meters high, or 11 feet, if you will. And, and the width or the depth of it was approximately two meters, two to two and a half meters. The weight of this, get this, was 250 to 300 tons. Now, an automobile on average weighs two tons. So that was the equivalent of 150 cars, just one block underneath the city of Old Jerusalem there on the Western Wall. That was incredible, and that thing was not going to be moved. It was going nowhere. I love what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16 when he asked Peter this question, Peter, who do men say that I am? Peter said, some say that you're the prophet Jeremiah or Isaiah. Uh, or even John the Baptist, but then, then, then Jesus asked him this question, well, well, Peter, who do you say that I am? And Jesus' answer is profound. He says this, he says, 
uh, uh, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. He got this revelation, and Jesus says, you didn't get that from uh, flesh and blood. Nobody told you that. My Father must have told you that. And that revelation, he says, I tell you, Peter, in Matthew 16, 18, and I tell you, Peter, that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not overcome it. Foundations are where the bedrock is. It's, it's, it's the foundational rock that anything can be built on, and it's something has to be something of substance. And Jesus says this, he says, the substance, the most stable thing, the rock on which you can build, and we're going to build this thing called the church, is the revelation of who I am. He says, upon that rock, I'm going to build something called my church. And then he says this, he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail. There's something about gates. And I've had uh, to build some gates or had to have gates built with some of the houses that we've had in the past. And a gate needs a foundation. If you try to put a gate uh, that's going to swing or a gate post with a, a gate on it, and there's nothing anchoring that thing. It's just going to fall over. And the gates of hell don't have a foundation. Their foundation are lies and deceit. That's the only thing that's stopping most of us from entering into the kingdom of heaven and God's blessing and the best that God has for us is these flimsy gates called the gates of hell. Jesus said, those gates are not going to prevail against my church because my church is built on a foundation of who I am. What foundation then would God lay for a city that's going to last forever? Because God had to get the foundation right or his city is going to crumble and not last for eternity. How do we know that we are building uh, on the right foundation something that's going to stand the test of time? That is the question that we're going to answer uh, today. In 1 Corinthians 3, and we're going to read uh, verses 9 to 17. Paul is writing this to the church in Corinth. Listen to what he says in verse 9. For we are co-workers in God's service. You are God's field, God's building. By the grace God has given me, I lay a foundation as a wise builder, and someone else is building on it. But each one should build with care. Verse 11, For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid. And he gives us the foundation, which is Christ Jesus. He is the rock on which we stand. If anyone builds on this foundation using gold or silver or costly stones or wood or hay or straw... Their work will be shown for what it is, because the day will bring it to light. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each person's work. If what has been built survives, the builder will receive a reward. Verse 15, if it is burned up, the builder will suffer loss, but yet will be saved, even though only as one escaping through the flames. Verse 16, don't you know that you yourselves are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in your midst. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy that person, for God's temple is sacred and you together are 
the temple. We've been looking uh, at Pentecost, and we had Pentecost Sunday a few weeks back, and we looked at what the significance of that, that day was. It was the day that the church was birthed. In other words, the Spirit of God came upon all flesh on that day, and that day was such a pivotal point. It was a, an event. It wasn't a cataclysm. It wasn't a destructive event. It was the most constructive event in all of history because it was on that day that the church, the body of Christ, the temple of God was birthed on that day. The, the change agent, if you will, in this earth. The only thing that's going to change this world is when hearts get changed and touched by the power of God and Jesus Christ. So that, that, that was a very significant day. And what uh, we call after Pentecost, I'm calling that in this series, aftermath. The aftermath usually, like I've said, of any kind of an event, uh, a cataclysmic event, the aftermath is destruction. In other words, there's no leaves on the trees, there's no uh, clean water, people, animals, cats, whatever it is, buildings, everything wiped out. The aftermath on the, of, of the day of Pentecost is the opposite of that. Instead of destructive, it's constructive. Imagine an event that's so powerful, and yet the aftermath of it is totally the opposite of destruction. So instead of leaves disappearing from trees and buildings knocked down and, and people's lives destroyed, the aftermath of an outpouring of the Spirit of God is fruitfulness. It's, everything is lush and green. There's, there's joy. In fact, the Bible talks about the uh, fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, gentleness, kindness, uh, long-suffering. All, all of these words describe the fruit that, that's on the trees of aftermath. But yet, there's a foundation to aftermath which gets laid in the early church. And we're going to look at that. Uh, church started on the upper room with people who made room for a new foundation so that God could build on that. The foundation was not arguments. The foundation was not a new religion. It was not a philosophy. Uh, the foundation was a revelation, and that revelation is who Jesus Christ is. The interesting thing is that uh, the most striking thing, I believe, about what happened on Pentecost, the event that changed the, the, the world in the course of history, isn't what happened so much, it's where it happened. The church didn't start in the temple. It didn't start in the place where they had religious activity going, where all the people went uh, in the, the main temple there in Jerusalem. It actually started not in a temple, but in an upper room. And then it changed and it went into the hearts of the people that were in the upper room. And the aftermath is when people become the temple. Listen to 1 Corinthians 6.19. It says this, Do you not know that your bodies are the temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you whom you have received from God? You are not your own. The temple on that day shifted from a place of religious activity on the day of Pentecost, that great outpouring, that great event. The aftermath of that was a new foundation of a new temple, and it's the heart of every believer. In fact, if you're watching right now and you are a believer, do you not know that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit, that the Spirit of God dwells in you? 
and the foundation of your temple and my temple and every other temple has to be a revelation of who he is. People are still asking that same question that, that Peter was asked, who do men say that I am? And some people say this, and some people say that, but each one of us has to answer that question personally. Who do you say that he, Jesus Christ, is? Is he just a historical figure? Is he just a good man? Is he somebody that came in and, and maybe did some things? Or is he a, 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 a fictional character that never even existed? He's either Lord or lunatic or liar, somebody said. But we all have to make up our mind because he is the foundation of our faith. He is the foundation of what God wants to build in our heart. And whatever we build on that, if we build on the wrong foundation, if we're building on religious activity, a philosophy, some other uh, belief system other than him, the Bible says that's just going to burn up. It's, it's, it's going to crumble. It's gonna, the aftermath of any kind of a test. And we know that our world right now is being tested in ways that in my lifetime it hasn't been tested before. It's all going to be destroyed if we don't have a solid foundation. And that solid foundation is always on the rock of Jesus Christ. On Christ, the solid rock I stand, all other else, is sinking sand. Do you not know your bodies are the temple of God? Now, aftermath is when followers of Jesus move through with such intensity and such power that instead of destroying everything, like I said, everything gets replenished, everything gets put, put back in order. And we know that we're on the right foundation because our language changes. We start to talk differently. We start to see differently because Jesus Christ is our foundation, causes our eyes to see possibilities instead of problems, to see by faith and walk by faith instead of discouragement and doubt and calling things that are as though they are and, and getting depressed about it and, uh, you know, today's headlines determining our, our mood. He causes our eyes to line up with what he sees. He causes our mouth to dare to declare what he says in his word all because we have a new foundation in our heart and Jesus Christ is in there. He, he rules the universe. He is Lord of all or He's Lord of nothing. And when you make Him the Lord of your life, all of a sudden now, He fills your temple, He fills your body, He fills your mind, He fills your thoughts, He fills your mouth with an incredible thing called faith to declare what He sees and, and what He says in His Word. A life worth living is a cause worth fighting for. Sometimes we have to fight for these things because there are other forces trying to get at us. Like I read about the gates of hell with a, a, a foundation that has nothing going for it except shifting sand. And yet it can look like it's a solid opposing force that's coming. It's a gate. You know, we can't go through that. That's a, a big terrifying gate. And yet you push it, the whole thing falls over. That's deception. And that's all that the devil, our enemy, has going for him. Now, the immediate aftermath of the day of Pentecost is what I want to read to you right now. And uh, I want to show you what the aftermath of Pentecost and a new foundation is. In Acts chapter 2, verses 41 to 47, listen to this. Those who accepted his message, Peter got up and preached. Uh, those who accepted his message were baptized, and about 3,000 were added to their number that day. That's incredible. They started out with 120. 
on that day in an upper room, and it went to 3,000 from one sermon from a fisherman. That's power. That's the day of Pentecost. And listen to this, verse 42, because this is the aftermath, and this is the, the, a description of the foundation that God laid on that day when His church was birthed that we need to incorporate into our foundation as we are the church, we are the temple. Listen to this. They devoted themselves. i got to stop right there. There's nobody that's going to devote anybody else for them. You can't devote for me. I can't devote for you. I have to devote myself. If, if I'm going to be devoted to the things of God and to following God's plan, I have, to de- I have to be devoted personally to this. I can't walk on your devotion. You can't ride on my devotion. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. That's what we're doing right now. And to fellowship. That's why I cannot wait for church to come back in from this virus so we can get together. We're doing it on Zoom chats and everything. We're, we're, we're still fellowshipping together. And to the breaking of bread. Oh, can I wait for that day? And prayer. So look at this, you know, there were some foundational things that the early church does that that we need to do to keep the foundation strong. Devoted to teaching, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, that's eating together, getting together, talking together, face-to-face, sharing of our lives, and to prayer. Those four things are incredibly foundational things that we need to do as activity, as temples, if you will, of the body of Christ. And and the result of that, verse 43, everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Oh, when God's people get together and they pray together and they eat together, they fellowship together. I know that's kind of an old-fashioned word, but they get together and have conversations about the goodness of God and they are devoted together. They make each other accountable. Then signs and wonders break out. Things get healed and the natural bodies get healed of sicknesses and disease and relationships get healed. Marriages get healed. Cities get healed. The the nation gets healed when God's people get together. Verse 44, all the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together. In the temple courts, they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is such a great description, such a great foundation of the aftermath of an outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Oh, revive us, O Lord. Bring us back to life. Let your church get rich in this. Build foundations. Dig new foundations. Uh, we, we really need the aftermath of this. And uh, I just love it. So the aftermath of Pentecost, just a few outcomes here. Number one, a temple in every town. Because you are the temple of the Holy Spirit now, the church building, I'm in a building right now, it's empty. Uh, This building is not the church. It's a building where people meet. Everywhere that you go, there's a temple. Everywhere. I know it's hard to call ourselves a temple, and some of our temples are bigger, some are taller, and some are short temples, but you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so whatever happened in the temple back in that day needs to happen 
in you. It needs to happen in me. You say, what happened in the temple? I love that. Let's just read one more scripture to verify this. But 1 Corinthians 12, 27 says this. Now you are the body of Christ. Each one of you is part of it. So what happened in the temple in the natural back in Israel is what's the main things are, are what's going to happen in us. The main thing, get this, because this answers the purpose uh, of building that foundation and, and our lives. The main thing that happened in the temple was one word. It was called sacrifice. They had offerings. They, they had prayer. And they had reading of Psalms or God's word. But they had sacrifices in the temple. The main activity of the temple, and it has not changed, evolved around sacrifices. So when they, came the, the, when they became his temple, their main activity was sacrifice. They sold everything they sacrificed. They brought everything and laid it at the feet. They met daily. They shared their food. What, what is that called? It's called sacrifice. A lot of people today are so uptight and they're so full of fear, and they're so anxious, and I'm talking about people that would call themselves Christians, church-going people. They're, they're anxious about, they're worried about everything. Listen to me, and listen to me clearly. The way out of that, the way out of sin, is sacrifice. The way out of anxiety and worried about yourself, it is more blessed to give than to receive. When I give my life away, and I become, as the Bible says, present your body a living sacrifice, Hebrews 12, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service because you are the temple. There has to be sacrifice going on in the temple. And that's the foundation of the early church. Jesus Christ was sacrificed for you. Now you present your body a living sacrifice for him. He was crucified, dead, and buried on a cross. He's not expecting you to go to a cross and get nailed to a cross. He's expecting you to be a living, walking, talking sacrifice so that there's a temple in Maruchador. That's where our church is right now on the Sunshine Coast. There's a temple in Budrum. There's a temple in Majimba. These are all suburbs around here. There's a temple in your hometown. If you're in your hometown, sacrifice, be a living sacrifice and give your life away to the people and you watch what God will do. Selfishness is sin. Selfishness never, never ever has a breakthrough in any realm at all. The breakthrough for any of it is when you present your body a living sacrifice. Abraham, we looked at him. He went, the first thing Abraham wanted to do when he found a rock uh, on Moriah was to sacrifice out of obedience. He was going to have a sacrifice on that rock. The first thing that Jacob did when uh, he goes to a place called Luz and he says, Surely this is the house of God. He sees a, a ladder going to heaven and angels at the top of that ladder descending and ascending. And, and he renames it from Luz to Bethel, which means the house of God. He, and he, he gets a rock where he laid his head and was dreaming. He takes this rock and he puts it there and, and, and he builds like an altar to it to sacrifice. He says, first thing he says, I'm going to give 10% of everything away. He, he makes a sacrifice immediately to God. He says, surely this is Bethel. This is the house of God. What did he do first? Sacrifice. Your life is meant, Christian, to be given away. It's not to be hoarded up. Sacrifice overcomes selfishness. 
Sacrifice overcomes everything. The way out of selfishness, these things all begin with this, so it must be God, is sacrifice, sharing, sowing, service, and surrender. Your blessing in your life is giving. Your freedom in life is sacrifice. The foundation of your life, Jesus Christ, the foundation stone, the rock on which we stand, was built on his sacrifice. Now he says, take up your cross, be a living sacrifice, go out into the world. The cure for sin is selflessness, it's sacrifice, it's giving away, it's serving other people. He that wants to be the greatest, let them be the servant of all. We have an opportunity in this world as temples of God. We have an opportunity in this world to walk into any realm on the planet, any place on the planet where there's a gate of hell and people are being deceived and people are taken advantage of and people are, have veils and hatred and all these things. We have an opportunity as a temple to establish a place of worship and sacrifice in that place and turn that spiritual realm around. The government's not going to do it. Institutions aren't going to do it. Just education isn't going to do it. The, what's going to do it is a church, a temple built on the foundation of Jesus Christ. And I know that we've got more than enough temples walking around in this world right now to make a huge change in this world. My question to you, if you're not already, would you be one of those? And if you are, you don't know it, maybe your light's gone out, you haven't been giving your life away, would you change and would you be a, a living sacrifice? Can we have revival in God's church and watch what God does? Well, let me pray for you. We're out of time. Uh, I, uh, I love, you can tell, this is one of my favorite things to talk about is the church. The church has got to be the church. We just got to get fired up anyway. Uh, I want to pray for you. Firstly, if you don't know Jesus Christ, whatever you're building your life on is sinking sand. You don't have the right foundation. You'll never build on a philosophy or a system of your good works, anything that's going to last in life. The only foundation is Jesus Christ. And I, I invite you right now to pray this prayer with me and to turn away from whatever it is that you're building your life on and to get a new foundation in your life. And that foundation is making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And then secondly, I'm gonna pray for you. If you've got other things that you've been building on, maybe you started off on the right foundation, but you've shifted over and you're thinking and, and you've gotten caught in maybe deception or, or, or worshiping something else and, and looking for solutions somewhere else, but you want to get right with God, I'm going to pray for you too. So if you want to bow your head, you can or close your eyes or however you want, just get comfortable, get intimate with God right now. And uh, let me pray for you right now. Father, I thank you in Jesus name for every person that's tuned into our online service. You're not watching this by accident. You are watching this because God wants you to watch this. And uh, you can pray this prayer after me. Say, Dear God, I invite your son into my heart. Jesus, I give you my life. I accept you as my foundation, as my Lord. Amen. Now, if you've been away from God or you've asked Jesus into your heart for the first time, please email me. The, uh, our email will come up on the screen. Help us help you. 
Another thing is you can help uh, get this word out there by subscribing to our, our YouTube channel and uh, visit our website. Everything we have is free and uh, we just invite you to help us help you in any way and any of your friends to get the word out. And let's go out and be a light in this world. Let's not let our light be hidden under a bushel. Amen. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.